better than nothing. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Squat Cobbler. This is an episode. I'm Mike at Official Pagan on Instagram, which is, you know, really where you should get a hold of me because that's mostly where I am. And joining me as always. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Kelly at Kelly Tool on Twitter and Instagram. T-H-U-L. Sorry, Kelly. I'm not 100% up to par today. So here's what happened. Our mutual friend, Tina Elise, who goes back to the Snark Alec radio days for you Snark Alex out there, for the Pagan fans, was an original member of Pagan, left, peers on the, the live bootleg EP, but left Pagan many years ago, and now we are working together again. There's going to be, uh, she has a solo album, which I am producing and doing all the music for. Not to plug anything I'm involved in, just to give you backstory. Um, so she, she had some issues recently, which I'm not going to get into. I'll let her tell that story on her own podcast. Last night was her first uh, chance to get out on the town in a little while. So we went out, we hit some bars and many drinks and, and a lot of good expensive food later. We wound up in a drag club as we are wont to do. And uh, unlike usual, we didn't run into Kelly there. But Kelly, I have a question. Yes, Mike. <laughs> so when you're at, at drag shows, and this is something that I've debated with a number of people over the years. What are your feelings on body hair? at drag shows like the performers not the people in the audience i thought you meant like as an appetizer or something so that's <laughs> that's a, it's a bit of a relief um so sample size for me is pretty small on this like i've watched an episode or two of rupaul's drag race so i don't know if that counts so uh but in terms of body hair on performers i i would probably put myself in the yada wax it camp i'm gonna go hair the less hair the better we are making you auto wax a t-shirt <laughs> as soon as we sell out of uh, make bacon great again make america bacon again i'm sorry then we'll uh because bacon's always great uh right we'll, we'll uh our uh our store is gonna be chock full of wonderful prizes <laughs> so a number of years ago i was at a drag show with my friend gay dan the performer was very hairy, but that was kind of the whole pitch. Like his whole thing was like, I'm the world's hairiest drag queen. It was, and it worked like it was a part of the whole like look and shtick of the show. For the most part, though, my experience at drag shows is they're very hairless. There's, there's waxing as Kelly <laughs> mentioned there. There's Mistake, a lot of wax mistakenly mentioned. Yeah. Mistakenly mentioned there. There's a lot of waxing going on there. By the way, this is not the topic of the show. I just want to throw that out there for anybody listening. There's there's a shock for all <laughs> yeah. listeners. We haven't actually gotten to the topic of the show. Don't worry, we're going to get there. Hang on. Stop trying to rush me. God. So there, there's usually a lot of waxing going on. And I remember mentioning the hairy drag queen to a mutual friend of ours who I won't mention because I don't want them to get involved. I don't want to involve them in any sort of drag politics when they're not here to defend themselves or explain their opinions. But uh, they they said that they are not a fan of hairy drag queens. That that is not a thing that they can support. That they can get behind. So at last night's drag show, there were some drag queens with goatees, and in our group that we were with, Tina and I, it was it was a very divisive thing. It got a lot of debate going. So Kelly, for you, how about a goatee on a drag queen? Does it pull you out of it? I'm going to go back to a reminder that the sample size is small for me to, to be formulating strongly held opinions on this, but I would, I would tend to say, uh, it would, it would take me out of it a little bit. Yes. All right. You, so which, which, which camp do you fall into? You know what? I, not that they weren't good performers, but my favorites did not have goatees. 
So, and I'm a bearded hairy man, so it's not an anti-hair thing necessarily. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, yay, Earth Mother Bush. But yeah, it's it, it, it pulled me out of it. You're a performer. It's, it's part of your character. I don't know. You got to go all the way for me if you're doing something like that. But Kelly just said he would pull out too. So yeah, something like that. And I can't, uh, because I'm just trying to take this all in. Uh, and so I'm, I'm a, a little losing a little bit there, but over the last five minutes, there's been about eight great band names with probably drag politics being the best of them. So I don't know. Earth Mother Bush is pretty good. Yeah, that was that was one. <laughs> there, there was one right before it, but it fell out of my head after you said that. Uh, uh, so, is it Kelly would pull out? Uh, no, it was not that. Is that just a factual um, statement? That's it's 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 fake news. I don't know what it is. It's not a good band name, though. It really isn't. <laughs> All right, but if you're listening to this, if you're in a stoner metal band that makes gigantic, monolithic, repetitive, riff-driven songs, you should name your band Earth Mother Bush. I'm just saying. So anyway, Kelly, we had a topic tonight, didn't we? I hope so. <laughs> or you, you took us down this this long, yeah. strange, winding road of drag queen goatees. I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad about <laughs> myself right now. Sorry. I apologize to all the squatties out there that Kelly does this to you guys. It's not fair. So anyway, in in preparation for the show, because we do a great deal of that, as you can tell, in preparation for the show, I was looking for some interesting topics and particularly interesting music that Kelly and I can discuss, because obviously we're both huge music fans. You guys like it when we talk about music. I came across a strange video. So the video is about a band called Klaatu. Now, Kelly, prior to me sending you the video, were you familiar with Klaatu? Have you ever heard of this band before? I was familiar with them. Interesting. I never heard of them. I was familiar with them and I was familiar with the main topic of the video, which is how I became, I, I'm not, I'm not really familiar with their music beyond little snippets that are done to kind of help illustrate what we're about to talk about. So I didn't really know much about their music, but I did read uh, an article that mentioned uh, what we're going to talk about. Uh, and then in the spirit of full transparency to the squatties out there, I had that piece of information and I had retained it and somehow and I think it's probably due prolonged exposure to Mike. Somehow something went wrong in my brain and Klaatu became Oasis. And so if you were, <laughs> if, if you were to ask me, uh, because I think actually when you sent me the link, and so here's a little bit of a spoiler folks, where it talked about the band that everybody thought was the Beatles reunited. When you sent me the link, I go, Oh, this is going to be about Oasis. <laughs> and then, uh, then I open the link and I see Klaatu and I'm like, yeah, actually that was the name. <laughs> and so I don't, I don't know when Klaatu became Oasis in my mind, but it's been that way for actually a pretty long time. So thank you for curing me of that. <laughs> Who, who's coming out on top there? Is it Oasis or Klaatu? <laughs> I'm not sure, but Oasis got free rent as being the Beatle reunited band in my, if you, if anyone had asked me if there had been a trivia contest, and I was like, I got this one. It's Oasis. I mean, I, I do think it's fair to say that, you know, obviously Oasis were heavily influenced by the Beatles and were channeling a certain Beatles-esque vibe at the peak of their career. I would argue Oasis was maybe a better band at their peak than the Beatles, but that's, don't worry, I'm going to bait Beatles fans a lot more during this episode. So if that made you mad, trigger warning. It's only going to get worse from here out. I never heard of this band before. I had heard the word Klaatu before, though. So are you a, a Day the Earth Stood Still guy, Kelly? I am. And I'm a, a bigger Army of Darkness guy, who was one of the first places. Well, I guess probably Klaatu the band used it before Army of Darkness. But uh, but I am a I am a 
big fan of the Dave Yersten still. I'm a big fan of that as well. I mean, it's one of Will Smith's finest, Will Smith's son's finest performances. <laughs> gold. It's gold. Yeah, absolutely. Not to take anything away from The Karate Kid or After Earth or any other movie his dad paid for him to be in, but I really think Day of the Earth Stood Still is where he shined. And Keanu Reeves doesn't necessarily have the greatest range, but few people have played an emotionless alien as rivetingly as he does in this film. Yeah, he's got the emotionless whatever down really well. Yeah, he does. So that's some sci-fi nerd baiting. Of course, we're talking about the remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still. Uh, the original Day of the Earth Stood Still, and this is something we're going to get off on a little bit of a tangent. I'm sorry. You know it's not really my thing. The Day of the Earth Stood Still, the original black and white film, which is an excellent uh, old school sci-fi movie, if you guys haven't seen it, also falls into a really small, bizarre subcategory of films that I don't know if you're familiar with, Carrie, Kelly, and that's Christian horror. Well, Mark, I did not know that. It's, <laughs> I don't know why that hit me so hard. <laughs> I knew you were going to come at me with something, but I didn't know it was Mark, and I don't know why that that's making me laugh. Um, so Christian horror is an incredibly small subgenre. And the idea behind it is that you have these films that were written with the intention, uh, the horror films in particular, horror and sci-fi films that were written sort of with the intention of to overly simplify, like scare people into going to church. The most well-known example and the one that is the tentpole of the very small genre would be The Exorcist. Uh, the Exorcist was a huge film that many, many people are familiar with. But it was written by a, a Christian-leaning author, and the purpose of it was to sort of scare people back to the church. Almost written as, as a reaction to Rosemary's Baby. A little bit of a spoiler for anyone who hasn't seen Rosemary's Baby. The sort of twist of Rosemary's Baby is that the real villains or the, the good friends and family that she had around her kind of sold her out. So it was written as sort of a reaction to that to sort of uh, scare people back to the church. So, and, uh, and the devil came down to Georgia, shall we say. <laughs> so uh, the day there sit still is often sort of put into this category as well, because it's it's about the impending destruction of humanity because of our sinful ways. So a lot of people, you know, take this as one of the standards of Christian horror, whether you choose to see it that way or not really doesn't matter. It's a good movie and you should just enjoy it as that. But there is a character in there named Klaatu. Do you want to explain Klaatu to the people, Kelly? Well, actually, um, and maybe maybe your lore is better than mine, but Klaatu Barato Nikto is the phrase that's uttered by the, the alien. The robot's name is actually Gort. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You have me. I'm still lost in a sea of drag queens. <laughs> Great band name, by the way. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, yeah, and that and this goes into the Army of Darkness thing that, uh, and we I think there's probably some very strong passionate fans for both Army of Darkness and Day of the Earth Stood Still, so they can square me away if I'm wrong on this. But in the actual Day of the Earth Stood Still, uh, I think the phrase is "Klaatu Verata Nikto," the V. It's a middle term, and in Army of Darkness, it's "Klaatu Verata Nikto," which is with a B. So there's a there's some very helpful trivia for you there, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i you guys obviously we we've given away that we are huge army of darkness fans i'm a, a huge i know you're a big army of darkness fan kelly how do you fall in the entire evil dead franchise is it are you more of an army of darkness guy because the thing with the evil dead movies is i do find there are people who are 
all in on particular it's usually army of darkness or evil dead 2 but not necessarily a fan of the entire franchise yeah so i i am a fan of the entire franchise recognizing uh three you know three installments and the first installment and the third installment uh beyond sharing evil dead and the characters from a tonality and um even well i guess the visuals there's there's some consistency there but pretty starkly different because the the first one's kind of a true blue low budget high jump scare uh horror movie and then then you get to evil dead 2 and you really start to introduce all of that but now with a Three Stooges influence to a degree. And then Army, Army of Darkness is really almost a comedy. The, the, uh, the shock factors, it's there some, but nowhere close to the, the first two films. And it is, it's, I, it's my favorite of them. Uh, cause, cause I enjoy a kind of a silly, well-crafted movie and I like all of them. I definitely, there was a shift, but I, but I like kind of both genres or flavors. So I like, I like it. Where do you land? Evil Dead is my favorite movie. <laughs> so I, I'm a huge fan of the entire franchise, uh, particularly the core three films. Did you see the, the remake wool <laughs> that came out? The remake wool of what? <laughs> of Evil Dead. No, I did not. Okay. So then I'm calling it that. So. Again, minor spoiler on this tangent um, for anyone who hasn't seen it. It was billed as a remake of Evil Dead. It is not actually a remake of Evil Dead. It is, in fact, a sequel. It is the fourth movie, um, but it rehashes entire sequences from the previous films. So I've heard a number of people refer to it as a remake, which, as ridiculous as it sounds, is actually accurate. Um, it's about a different group of people who wind up at the same cabin and very similar things happen to them, but it still acknowledges that the other films happened. And there is even a cameo of Bruce Campbell as Ash in the movie. So it acknowledges that the first three films happened, but is also sort of standalone and semi remakes the film. <laughs> it's confusing timeline wise, not in like the complete, ridiculous garbage the timeline of the halloween films are and i like the halloween films i'm not shitting on them but like trying it's pointless to watch the halloween films in order you can basically watch them at random and it will have as much continuity as it does if you watch them in order it starts to go a little bit into that sort of territory because it is confusing at first and i don't know I've never listened to like a commentary or read really in-depth interviews with Fede Alvarez, the director. So I don't know if maybe it's the result of starting as a sequel or a remake and then leaning the other way, or if this was always their intention to kind of blend the two because you have a character who's dressed exactly like Ash. You have certain character exchanges that, that are lifted from the first three films, but then from the very beginning, there's acknowledgments that the other characters had been in the cabin and that everything that happened to them had happened. So it's it's a little bit confusing. It's it's not a bad movie, though. It's it's definitely worth watching. It's not as good as the first three films. And then the series that followed it with Bruce Campbell, which picks back up with the tone of Army of Darkness. Yes. And you get to see a later aged Ash, who's, who's frankly not aged gracefully. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, it, uh, it's fun. I'd really the Ash versus the Evil Dead on, um, I think you can even get it on Netflix now. It's good stuff. I, yeah, I believe it is up on Netflix now. And there's only three seasons of it. So, although they have, uh, 
suggested very strongly there will be more Evil Dead coming. Bruce Campbell has announced that he is retiring the Ash character. Which we're all the poorer for. We are. Yeah, he he did well for us as as a country, as humanity as a whole. And uh, yeah, it's the band Klaatu. Yep. (laughs) Kind of sounded like the Beatles. Hope you enjoyed the show, everyone. (laughs) So anyway, so there's this band (laughs) Klaatu. So how did you find out about Klaatu, Kelly? Because to me, other than everything we just talked about for the reference points of the word Klaatu, I'd never heard about this band until I saw this. Now, to be fair, um, I've already made a couple jokes. I'm not a Beatles guy. So maybe it's just because I wasn't caught up in the whole Beatles thing. So I wasn't that interested in sound in bands that sounded similar to the Beatles. But how did you find out about them? Well, back in the day, a young Kelly purchased the Rolling Stone record guide edited by David Marsh. And this was a really thick kind of extra large size paperback that just alphabetically went through a ton of artists and star ranked all of their albums and then would have um, a period of, you know, some, some text afterwards kind of talking about each and any of the albums that they ranked as five stars are like, these are must listen to ones got their picture spliced through the, the type of thing. And so I used to love just reading through that to become familiar with different groups or I'd hear about somebody and I did use it as a point of reference and they give you a little historical information. It was, it's a really, it's a really, it was a really good book. Uh, and so when I happened to be in the K's, possibly reading about the kinks or something like that, uh, I saw Klaatu and read the thing. And that's where I, I learned that they early in their career for their first album, there was some question whether they were the Beatles reformed or not. Uh, and so that's how I discovered them. And then they became Oasis in my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> they just magically morphed into Oasis. Morphed into Oasis for that. I mean, I guess it could have been worse. You could have said like Blur or something like yeah, that, which would probably have. make them more angry. Yeah, but I would I would have bet my house on, <laughs> yeah, that was Oasis. But uh, your your little note shattered my world. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> and walking around with it. yet another wrong piece of information I was absolutely certain I was right on. <laughs> so all right so just to clarify for the record then are you a beatles fan no not not really uh i don't dislike them uh, but i'm i'm not a big fan uh, particularly the mccartney more of the mccartney influence stuff i'm not you know there's there's some things that john lennon had a stronger voice in that i've always kind of liked i've always been of the beatles lennon was always the beatle that Musically, I liked the most. I liked Ringo the most because he hung out with other groups that I was big fans of. He and Keith Moon of The Who spent a lot of time together. Harry Nilsson and Ringo. Ringo played on a number of Harry Nilsson albums. And um, I liked Ringo because he had good taste in Friends. But uh, but Lennon musically. But I just, and I, and I believe it was also, I don't know if it was in that same Rolling Stone record guide or not, but they said, you know, the Beatles, Beatles were never a rock band. They were a pop band never really rock and roll per se except maybe early early days so long way around saying like i don't dislike them i don't have a lot of passion for their stuff either yeah it's kind of the same way i am people think that i hate the beatles but it really just stems from i won't give in to the whole like beatles were one of the greatest bands of all time they're they weren't that good musically and that's not a, a slight against them like songs don't have to be proggy and complex i'm fine with simple catchy pop music it's nothing against the Beatles in that sense. I have nothing musically against the Beatles. I think that there's this confusion of the Beatles' place in the pop culture zeitgeist and their place in actual music history. And I think that there's a there's a deficit there because pop cultural influence of the Beatles, I don't think anybody can deny the impact that they had 
they were such a huge band and they influenced so many other bands, including Klaatu, who Kelly thinks are Oasis. <laughs> so many and Oasis. They've influenced so many bands that came after them. So there, there's no question culturally that they've had a giant impact. Now, musically, though, the example that I always give to people is when I, I took music lessons as a kid and when I remember taking music lessons, learning a bunch of Beatles songs was like second or third week of music lessons. So if you can just pick up an instrument and play those songs musically, it's not as impressive as people try to make it sound. And again, that's nothing against them. I'm not saying that the bands I listen to write the most incredible, exotic, <laughs> you know, songs and structures and things like that. That's nothing against them musically. It's just that I think people confuse cultural impact with impact on music as an art form, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And, and you know, you weren't, going to be learning neon meat dream of an octopus by captain beefheart the second weekend <laughs> right and, uh, <laughs> it was but like the music lessons and people think i'm joking or exaggerating when i say that but it's not like if you go into music when you go into music lessons in like a structured environment like that they start with the you know the simple twinkle twinkle little star stuff and then it goes into like pop songs and the beatles are, are a good one to throw out at people who are just learning music because their songs are simple and they're repetitive like pop music is they are a pop group. And then the other thing a lot of people try to come back with is that the later Beatles records were a lot more complex musically. That's true. But they were also a lot more of a product of producers and studio musicians. So I don't think you can really. And again, nothing again. I have nothing against that. They're a pop group. So I just separate what a pop group is, a huge pop group who had a giant impact on the culture at the time versus people that I would look to and say, these are the strongest musicians in their categories. So it's not an anti-Beatles thing. But maybe because of that, I never heard of Klaatu because I wouldn't seek out things that were in that sort of Beatles vein. Now, did you, after you read this article about them, did you go out and look for this album? Uh, I did because I figured it would be as many of the discoveries I made in the Rolling Stone record guide typically available in the cutout bin where you could get them for cheap. But unfortunately I never, I, I never purchased uh, particularly the, the, uh, the first album uh, that was really the genesis of this, all the conspiracy theories around all the, all the hidden meanings and signals that were being shown. I have, I've never purchased any of their works. I just, I just knew Oasis took the name Klaatu and sounded like the Beatles. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> So, I just, but I'm hard pressed to believe, you know, I'm a little skeptical that you aren't familiar with this band because within their catalog, there's a, a song called Heinous of Uranus uh, that they eventually renamed to Anus of Uranus. And I'm just assuming there was a Google search at some point in time that <laughs> might have occurred and she's fell on your keyboard or something. No, that, uh, and you would think, listen, I am pro butt stuff. Yeah, let yeah. me make let me make that clear to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not going to sell as well as a hat, but another, <laughs> another hat to consider. Oh yeah, Pro Butt Stuff is a good band name too. That's like a political leaning punk band, though. Yep, I think so. <laughs> or 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 a clogger, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I, this is something I didn't know existed, and I I kind of wish that I did. So Kelly. Here in front of just the squaddies and us, our trusted inner circle, do you think we should review this album of theirs, the first one, the one that people confuse with the Beatles? Yeah, I think so. I think that would, that would be that'd be pretty fun. I definitely think that would be an interesting thing. And so 
you brought up something else in what you were just saying about this being sort of a conspiracy theory. So there's a number of conspiracy theories revolving around the Beatles. Now, do you think that that's something that's manufactured, something that they leaned into the on the Beatles side first? Or do you think that that's just something that happens from being such a such a massive pop cultural icon like the Beatles were? I think there are certain brains out there that are just hardwired to want to build up some tapestry of here, look at all these dots I've connected these days through my deep internet research and the kind of in YouTube searches <laughs> that they, um, they kind of come up with it. So I think it was to me, a fa- I don't think it was anything intentional on the Beatles side, much like the, the initial confusion wasn't intentional on Klaatu's side, but once it started to happen, I think the people involved were smart enough to go, you know, if we can kind of, keep fanning these flames a little bit it's probably not all bad yeah and they they touched on that in in this video that i came across on youtube about how the label didn't say they were the beatles when people started inquiring about it but they didn't say they weren't the beatles when people started inquiring yeah it um it it, lots of non non answers and a little you know just just kept the door open uh and until they were uh debunked on that but uh which is interesting to me. And this is something that it kind of surprises me, I guess. And I feel like music is one of the few areas where this is still a thing that happens. There's still a lot of like mystique around bands and musicians, even in the internet age to, to a degree that I don't think you get in other areas. Like I think with, uh, with celebrities, with movie stars and TV stars and things like that, like there's, they just have to live entirely on social media. Whereas I think. And and I understand that, like, they have to keep themselves out there in our YouTube culture where people, you know, have a little bit more ADD now. You have to keep yourself out there and you have to keep people interested in you. And bands have to do the same thing. But there's that buffer of the music. You're You're putting your music out there. It's not you playing a character or you making an internet, you know, reality viral video type thing. Like, there's a little bit of a buffer there. So I do feel like bands can create, even now can actually create a little bit of a mystique around themselves. And what's interesting to me is how, when these things are debunked though, like how easily the actual debunking of it it happens. So in this video, they talked about the fact that it was just like somebody looking up copyright records to prove that it wasn't the Beatles, that it was the actual members of Klaatu. So I don't know if you remember, and I guess I'm not going to mention the show or people's names. You can, you'll know what I'm talking about. Or if you don't just do a quick, internet search on the on the fancy google all the kids are using and you'll you'll find it pretty easily but like there was a there was a reality tv show for someone to front this all-star super group of rock musicians now i hate to break it to anybody but reality tv shows aren't real they're all scripted (laughs) anything that's made on a network that has a certain budget or anything like that um it has it's subject to union regulations and things like that so it's not real anymore. (laughs) Everything has to be carefully staged and everything has to be written because you have to pay writers, you have to pay producers, you have to pay union crew to work on it, which means everything has to be structured from start to end. Nothing you see on reality shows is real. So I'm sorry to, to break that to everybody. If you don't believe me, go and I hate to, you know, plug my own projects, but go and watch my film Evil Bong. There was a reality star air quotes in that. And that was filmed before they were on a reality show playing another character. 
they're all just actors and actresses, <laughs> even the ones that are real people playing versions of themselves. The shows have writers, they have people building sets. It's all fake. I'm sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> it watching the show, it was interesting to me because from the first episode, and I didn't watch the entire reality show, this this building, this band show. But from episode one, it was really interesting to me to see because it was like, well, this would be the easiest thing in the world because they have to file copyrights and publishing and things like that. So if the band is going to not only that, but like record and I record pretty quickly. So I understand that that can be done fast. But like they were the idea was by like the end of the show, they're like working. The finalists are like working with the band. And by the end of the show, they're going to like release an album with the winner. So it's like, well. For anyone who doesn't know how any of this works, like the songs have to be written, the copyrights have to be filed, they have to be recorded, the publishing all has to be worked out, and then they have to manufacture the albums. This would have had to have been done months in advance. <laughs> There's no part of this show that's real. <laughs> it's impossible. It's already done. And then, of course, after the show ended and the album came out, and what the show was was popular, but the album didn't really do anything. And then it all came out like, oh, wait, yeah, the copyrights for these songs with these exact people were, you know, published months. They were filed months before the show ever even aired the show that was air quotes live and people could vote on the winner and things like that. So it is interesting to me that even now in the Internet age, like I feel like these things happen. And do you think it's because people want more of a mystique around bands because they want to they want to place their own meaning behind the songs and things like that. So maybe they're not looking as deeply into these things. Like, do you think people wanted the Beatles to be back so badly? They were like, let's not read the credits to the album. Yeah. I think for a lot of different, different things, there's an open, a surprising openness to saying, I'm not going to really fact check that a whole lot. That just kind of makes it interesting and adds to the mystique of groups. Uh, and you know, you, you see that kind of across a, a lot of things and like with the Beatles, with, with the Paul is dead stuff and all of that, that it's, it's more fun to kind of find reasons why it might be true than to take some fairly easy steps to go. Well, no, it's not true. <laughs> so. Yeah. There's, there's no way. Although, and again, in that same vein, I did watch a documentary or quotes about the whole Paul is dead thing and it was entertaining, but you know, I don't, believe that whatsoever but it was an entertaining documentary and i hate to get back to the topic but uh prior to um the kind of very straightforward hey look at this copyright stuff and here's who they are uh there were there were some people that weren't having it and including uh one uh the uk's uh, new musical express published an article called uh death idiot journalist starts beetle rumor <laughs> and so they <laughs> kind of kind of took issue with uh, Steve Smith's theory that this was the Beatles reformed. So just they kind of were doing it point by point where this copyrights were obviously the, the thing that sealed the deal. And I, I did notice that in the video and we should obviously link to this video in the blog post when this episode comes out. But I do think it would be cool for us to review that album that caused all this controversy. Cause I'm sure the band had multiple albums, but I haven't listened to it. Did you go and listen to any of it? Just snippets. I haven't done it. So I think, I think, uh, it would be, uh, so it's, uh, the album we're talking around <laughs> for some reason. No way I haven't mentioned the name yet, but it's, uh, 347 EST. So Eastern Standard Time. That was their first album. That was the album that they were thinking, Oh, maybe this is the Beatles. So, uh, yeah, I think we should. I think we, we ought to dig that bad boy up and do a track by track. And I, I think it will be good to include the video we're talking about because we haven't 
haven't really talked about it a lot. So it would maybe, maybe people won't, which I guess is good because it'd spoil it if we. Yeah. I mean, it gives us a lot more to talk about when we review the actual album. So Mike. Yes, Kelly. If you were wanting to start a rumor of a snarkalic radio reunion, what <sighs> tactics would you take to begin to get that out uh, into the clamoring public hoping for that to occur? So obviously Twitter would be the way to deliver whatever it was that I was going to do. I, so what I would do if it were me, so I would want to build up the drama behind it. Uh, one of the things that you see that has been going on lately with a lot of the older bands who maybe didn't understand the legalities of being in a band, uh, you see there are bands out there with multiple competing versions on the road <clears throat> that is becoming more and more common because you had people who didn't understand that bands are businesses and that, you know, people own trademarks and copyrights and things like that. And it's led to a lot of disputes over rights issues, which sometimes leads to these splintered factions of different bands. Or in some cases, people don't understand how to structure a business and make everybody equal partners, which allows equal partners to go out and form their own versions of the band. I think it'd be cool to kind of play up on that and start something on Twitter as if one or two of the people were going to do a Snark Alec Radio reunion and not include others from snark alec radio like maybe we put it out there that mel is bringing back snark alec radio with all new people yeah that could work that could be good you might as well you know go for the gold and it's like mel's putting together a new snark alec radio and weird al yankovic and somebody else are going to be the other two <laughs> hosts this isn't even close to the original one <laughs> Uh, that that uh, I like I like that angle quite a quite a bit. I think the cryptic tweet approach is good too. Where so there, I find it highly unlikely that there's a lot of listeners that are particularly familiar with the Snark Alec Radio canon. But one of the things that was a regular feature in that is I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, but I have the actual prop egg from the movie Piranaconda. What I know, I try and I just keep that to myself usually. And how long have you had this? Oh, since Snark Alec Radio started <laughs> a long time ago. You with the humble brags. So. I know. It's just, it's just, you drug it out of me. Oh, by the way, it's a video on my YouTube channel if you want to see more of it. And in fact, if you did that, you would see that I used to decorate it, dress it up, do different things for each Snark Alec Radio show when we had guests try and tie it to the guest and do all these, these different types of things. And, uh, I could just see, you know, me putting out a tweet or two with a picture of the Piranaconda egg that I have from the original movie and just saying, guess you're going to get put back to use again, old friend, things like that, you know, would be, be just kind of ways to, to do that. And I don't know how I'm going to free up four hours every Thursday, <laughs> to, you know, things that people would know would, would be consistent with the snark Alec radio experience. You sh All right. <laughs> so let's do this. We're making, we're hatching this plot on the show because while there is definitely some crossover, I think that these are really different things. Snark Alec Radio versus Squat Cobbler. Let's do this. Yep. I think that's a good idea. We'll, <laughs> we'll, I think we'll spare, we'll spare the listeners <laughs> us working through the logistics of it. But yeah. I think that would be kind of fun. All right. So for anybody listening to this who is interested in it, go to Kelly's Twitter, see his post. And then I think I'm going to share it. And we should make we should make a hashtag to start using on these posts. When's right. when's Arbor Day? Because <laughs> I think it's like that kind of. Because I think if we did hashtag Arbor Day, because that'd be like 
will basically be doing is kind of leading people to believe that that's going to be the day uh, that this reoccurs again. Uh, something, something like that. All right. So let's do it like hashtag. I'm trying to think how to spell snarkalic radio. That's terrible. <laughs> like hashtag S A R and then the date. That sounds good. We'll put, yeah, we'll just, right. and we'll just pick something a little deeper in the, deeper in the year. Arbor Day. I liked it, but I think we'll just, I think a date will be good. And then, then we'll need your help. We're you out there. Any of you that are finals on Twitter and kind of, what's up with this? You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I think we need to do this. And I think most importantly, people have really learned a lot about Klaatu. Yeah, which was the purpose of this show. So you're welcome. (laughs) So I really know what what would I can't imagine it would possess anybody at this point to say, you know what, this is the kind of stuff I want to get more of. So let me subscribe to this YouTube channel to get more of this fascinating content. But I will mention that if you go to Google and search on Kelly Tool, K-E-L-L-Y-T-H-U-L, or Squat Cobbler, um, although there's probably some competing content there, do a search on Kelly Tool, you'll find my channel. Subscribe to that channel and you will get all the Nurture and Support podcasts, all the Squat Cobbler podcasts, links back to the blogs where you'll get the full unedited, uncensored versions of any of these podcasts. I'd love to have you guys join us, but we do we do recognize we may not have made the impression that it's going to sway you this week, but, you know, check some of the other stuff out. It's not all, it's not all like this. Now, you mentioned unedited and uncensored. How much Earth Mother Bush is making it into? I don't think, favorite? I think for the YouTube version... I think we might have Kaba Ren saying something like pony <laughs> or something like that. So are we talking like landing strip or shaved? Uh, well, on uh, the pony. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how, how one grooms a pony. I'm going to leave... groom the pony. Good band name. <laughs> there you go. Good band name. Third hat in the store. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm going to defer to you. That's your area of expertise. <laughs> so, Groom the Pony is going to be the first album by Earth Mother Bush. I'm going to make an Earth Mother Bush band t-shirt and album cover for Groom the Pony. Who will be the first guest on the reunited Snark Alec Radio show. There you go. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this fascinating look into the history of the band Klaatu. All the deep insights we've provided. <laughs> you all know now that they're not Oasis, totally different band. So. Not Oasis or the Beatles. Neither one. Kelly tried starting a new rumor about Klaatu tonight that they're oasis. So that's that's probably going nowhere. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like apologizing for this episode, but do want to thank everybody for listening. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Stop the broadcast.